0: Yeah, man. Hour number two of the hump day show, Blaine and Mickey week one of the NFL season. Heck for some colleges, it's week. Think about this. You played 12 college football games, Lucas. I'm about to blow your mind. I'm about to look at me through these six layers of glass six for some layers. college football teams. They're going to be a quarter of the way through the season after Saturday. They play 12 games. They will have played three of those suckers. Oh, my God. They're, Man, hey, that's crazy. The is, Hawaii, UCLA. UCLA will be a quarter of the way done with their season. Hawaii after and however those six other teams or whatever. They Nebraska. Play. Yeah. they, they <laughs> probably Illinois, want to be fully done with their season. Illinois already. who turned around and lost again. The ne- They lost the next week after they knocked off Nebraska. But there are teams who are a quarter of the way done with their season after Saturday. All that you work for, everything that goes into that, they are 25% done. That used to hit me every year. And then, and then literally after four games, you're 33 and a third percent done with your season. And I used to hate to do that math in my administrative days just because uh, you work your butt off. But those are just football season is just such a special thing in college athletics. And it's just gone in the blink of an eye. And nothing goes by faster. I'm not trying to depress everybody here.
1: Well, you just did.
0: Nothing goes by faster than high school season. It's it's gone in the blink of an eye. I mean, that's you have to just take in every second of that and enjoy it. All you high school football players, we're almost at the halfway point. (laughs) Seriously four is this week four? Yeah. Okay, forty percent. Now, people make the playoffs. I get that, but I mean, the regular season of high school football goes by in the blink of an eye. Really, that to me, that may be the most special thing about football and this we're going off script here a little bit, It's just there's so little of it. Now, the NFL's added another game. I get that. But it doesn't start until September, and it's over. for Well, this, week it actually, this year it goes to the second week of January, I think, instead of the first. But NASCAR season goes on forever. Baseball season goes on forever. Hockey season goes on.
1: Well, well I mean, you're talking about sports that are not a high-age equivalent, though, so you want to compare it to those sports. So even though it's a shortened season by high school standards, uh, you know, still the other sports carry, let's compare them to high school baseball, their seasons still are, are, are longer, uh, and they play more games uh, because of w- what type of sport it is. So it's, the comparable is only to other high school
0: oh, sports. Oh, I'm talking about like pro and college sports. Mm-hmm. I, I'm back to that now. Oh, I did okay. a poor job of transitioning. But the, but the football season, every other sport seems to go on forever. Pro yeah. sports, the seasons are long football season you just blink a, you just blink an it's eye true. It it passes really and fast. it passes so fast now the nfl's done a great job though cuz as soon as the season ends we're going to start thinking about who are they drafting and all the senior bowls and all the you know combine and all the showcases and then they'll draft players and then they'll bring them here and start working them out and we'll just be sucked in for the whole year but uh september october november december little bit of january for the regular season that's the whole thing but uh
1: it's over
0: it all starts this week. Uh, Dr. Detroit, maybe he wants to talk oh, Titans NFL. Easy. It's been a minute. What's up, Doctor? Whoa. Thanks for calling the Mark Spade Real Estate
2: Hotline. Hey, regulators. How are y'all doing today? <laughs> <Just> regulating. <laughs> the <regulator. Yeah>. okay. <laughs> hey, so now, does it start this season for the NFL 17 games, or when does that start?
0: Yeah, it starts this
2: year, Doctor. And then, what, it goes to 18 next year? Are they still debating on 18?
0: No, Blake Blake, Blake can (laughs) speak to this because as soon as they went to 17, you were just like, well, you know they're going to make it 18 as soon as they can. Just make it 18. (laughs) And then it'll eventually get to 20 probably. So (laughs) there's no immediate plans, Dr. Detroit, but as soon as they can is the answer.
2: Yeah, I know. Well, hey, uh, revenue's revenue. They got to make the almighty dollar. That's just like college. And, hey, I'll, I'll end on this. I'll, I'll dip into a little bit of college because, one thing, I'm not even going to talk about my Lions. I were, but I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I wish Andy George nothing but the best, and I feel like uh, TSU will have more victories than uh, the Detroit will on the gridiron this year for sure. But in the college level, I, it, it seems like it's getting closer and closer, guys, to where athletes are going to be starting to get paid, as, and endorsements as well sponsors. I mean, are they going to be like a NASCAR with all the logos sponsored on their freaking jerseys?
1: Ooh. Well,
0: well Dr. Detroit, thanks for the that. call. Right now you Ooh. can't do that. You right, can't yeah. you can't have logos on college jerseys. Now I'll say this, like the golf coaches uh at my school got endorsements this year. So on their practice gear, they have an like a local money planner. Somebody has his logo on the coaches' practice year that they in any way it's real lap you can't do it for student athletes and and i get where dr detroit is saying because he's saying it won't be long till everybody gets paid well when that's going to happen i think blaine and, and you you may say hey you're crazy that's it's a terrible thought
1: that everybody getting paid in college Well, i mean they're partly are to a certain extent now well they can uh, at least uh,
0: they can make their an individually name image and likeness money but for all those people who say, "Well, they should just pay student athletes, look, I get it. I, I'm, I'm so much in favor of anything that helps student athletes. But if you go to a bunch of schools, if you go to Arkansas State or Austin P or Ball State, they don't have any money to pay you. They already operate it at a deficit in athletics. Now, Tennessee could probably pay you. Southeastern Conference off their TV contracts and things.
2: Well I mean,
1: let's get it correct now. They're still getting them stipends at this point in time monthly. Oh, yeah. Uh, to a certain extent. I mean, but they're never going to be on the level of, you know, unless you get your own endorsements in, you know, you're in a small college town, so it's not a lot of operations and, you know, populations in those, you know, cities to support, you know, every sport like that. So certain programs potentially probably could do that. I mean, I mean, did you, uh, let's just think about all those people at the Wisconsin game to jump around. I'm just bringing that up. You know, Wisconsin and Penn State, oh, they could do it. Yep. Uh, yeah, for sure, uh, but I don't know. I uh, he may be ahead of the curve, doctor. Yeah, he I think eventually it could get to that, uh, but I already feel like it's on that track because individually, it's going that route already with the nil. So I think when it happens is when however
0: many schools out of the Big Five, out of mm-hmm. out of the Power Five, say we're just going to go do our own thing because at that point they'll have all the money they want because they'll have all the TV content. And at that point they could probably say. Hey, if you play at Alabama, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Iowa, any of those schools that go up UCLA, here's what your monthly pay is going to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I yeah. think that's when the the it's going to flood over, and then that's when it's going to happen. Uh, and I think that's closer than we think. I mean, with what's going on here with uh, let's just say 2025, and we all know what that date is is when you know Texas and Oklahoma comes to the SEC. I think all the dominoes going to fall in place even before then, and then that will probably happen with your Referring to, yeah. Because at that point, because what's Mm -hmm. what's stopping
0: you now essentially is you're governed by the NCAA, and they say you can't pay players. Well, if you're like, okay, then we'll just go do our own thing. But but the one thing that that could keep everybody's toe kind of dipped back in that water is the NCAA does all the championships for all sports except for the college football playoff. Everything else is an NCAA championship track, softball, baseball. All that stuff is an NCAA championship thing basketball basketball well and i was going to say and the granddaddy of them all is the basketball tournament that everybody loves so much that's the ncaa so you'd have to leave that behind because if i you know the ncaa is going to go okay well i guess you can just do that for basketball but take everything they're not going to so the ncaa then might just be the group of five and all the other schools underneath it you know Mm -hmm. all the you know the schools that don't play power five football so how that all works out is going to be amazing to watch over these next few years because everything could change completely in that regard. That may not. It may not change for a while, but especially if the biggest schools ever decide to form their own thing, they can immediately do whatever they want. They can pay players. They'll, they'll, set, they'll literally draw up their own charter and set their own rules. Yeah, and then they're going to make you commissioner. <laughs> good good luck to them hey Corey and henderson wants to weigh in on this hey cory thanks for calling
2: hey guys um so i was just thinking of something when you mentioned about uh, players getting paid um you know if you start talking about these guys uh you know, receiving payments uh, from these schools you know they could technically have stuff in a contract form you know as far as like if they choose to transfer out of that school for whatever reason, say they're not, you know, getting starting time and they want to start, if they choose to transfer, then they're forfeit their payments. Or, you know, there could be endorsements as far as like if they reach certain milestones, you know, as far as touchdowns or yardage or anything like that, that they get, you know, maybe additional money.
0: Bonuses. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Why not bonus them? If you had the ability to do it, yeah, man, I'm going to bonus you. Get ten, get you your ten touchdown bonus. Here you go. There's an extra.
1: <laughs> they go have incentive bonuses. It in go. Yeah, here's an extra three That's grand. Crazy you hit to your bonus.
0: That. Uh, quarterback got your twenty five touchdown passes. Here's twenty five hundred dollars. And what Blaine said is they already get a stipend. They do at every Division One school. At, at, at least football, basketball, if you're on a full scholarship, because mm-hmm. in, in other sports you divide them up. Right. But most of the full scholarship sports, you get what's called full cost of attendance, yeah. which is determined by an office on your campus, not by the football coach because he would make it a lot of money, I'm sure. But it's different for different schools. There's an amount that it costs to go to that school all in. Tuition, books, uh, supplies. But then cost of living off campus, cost of living on campus, that gets factored in. So at some schools it's several thousand dollars. I mean, it's probably as low as about 2,800 or 3,000. Now the last time I looked, it's probably more than that everywhere, but it's several thousand in some places. Mm -hmm. So, so there is that stipend in place. We could do 16 shows on this and never hit all of it. Uh, But we do need to talk NFL next because Jordan to is set to join us. And it is time to talk NFL next on Blaine and Mickey one Oh four five, the zone. Talk a little NFL right now with the uh, CBS Sports own Jordan DeJani at Jordan DeJani. That's where you can find him on Twitter. It's funny, Jordan. I mean, here we are, the week of the season, and everything I see about the Titans is either the defense is terrible, which no one can definitively say that because they have no idea how this is going to work, or you know, the offense is terrible because they don't have Johnnie Smith anymore and Corey Davis, or people are like, oh, this this team's going to the Super Bowl. Heck, Harry Douglas. I saw somebody from uh, the four-letter network. People are still all over the place on the Titans.
3: Let's go. It's game week, baby. Get hyped. No, thanks for having me on, <laughs> man. Excited to be here. No, I mean, yeah, it's just noise, right? we're seeing, especially when you see narratives from differing ends of the spectrum all over the place. The defense is going to be trash. We haven't seen the offense come together yet. What are they going to do at tight end? The defense is unproven. They're young in the secondary. I mean, it's just narratives that we've always talked about for the past four months or so. So I'm excited to see the products complete on both sides of the ball take the field on Sunday then we can really talk about what we have or what we don't have but again there I mean there is some things we need to talk about because we, a lot of the starters obviously did not play in the preseason so it's going to be interesting to see this new cast of characters get together as a unit and take the field against the team which could be a little underrated in the Arizona Cardinals.
0: Yeah, uh, Coach Mack was on with us yesterday and we were talking about their quarterback and he's like, look, he he, he literally said, he's not just a runaround guy. The guy has a cannon sitting on his shoulders. So not only can he run away from you, he can throw it over you or through you as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a legitimate dual threat weapon. And, you know, that's why I did a preview for this game that's up on tbssports.com right now. And I was talking about key matchups to watch. And one of the biggest ones were were the Cardinals receivers versus the Titans secondary. I think, you know, when we've spoken on your show before, if we had to pinpoint one weakness on the Titans roster, it's probably the secondary. And you look at the Cardinals wide receivers and the quarterback they have to work with, that could be an X factor when it comes to who will come out on top on Sunday. I mean, they got AJ Green in free agency. He's a veteran. I don't know how much impact he's gonna have, but we all know what DeAndre Hopkins is capable of. And I love some of their shifty slot guys like Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, the rookie Rondell Moore is a wild card. I really like that pick. And then you throw in the running backs with Chase Edmonds and James Conner. This offense on paper looks really, really stout. And we know Kyler Murray, um, you know, has the potential to be an NFL star. He's taken a step forward in each of his two NFL seasons. I would assume that happens again here in 2021. And Sunday is going to be the first test for him.
0: Jordan Dejani, our guest from CBS Sports
1: here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, Jordan, I'm going to give you the mindset, actually, as when I was a player. And that is always control what you can control. And the issues to me with the Titans is, you know, can Todd Downey maximize the Titans offense? Uh, Will Bowen and the defense be transformed with the new pass rushers and and secondary? So kind of take us through that process. And if they are, then what will this Titans uh, team look like?
3: Yeah, that's a great point by you. And, and, you know, it goes back to what I said about the full product or the full offense being on the field at the same time together in a real game format as we enter the regular season. How You know, everyone's going to be keeping track of the touches or the targets that A.J. Brown gets, Julio Jones gets. Does Derrick Henry's role in the offense change just a little bit, even though we all assume that he's still going to be the workforce and the guy who sets the tempo of the game? How does the offensive line look? It's going to be interesting to see if we can – pick out a few differences depending on what this offense is going to look like counting or with Downing versus Arthur Smith. So that's going to definitely be a big storyline coming out of this Sunday.
1: Mm. Man, I'm going to ask you, you got to give me your honest answer. If you were going (laughs) to pick the best receiving core between Arizona, let's just say their starters, Hopkins, AJ Green, I don't know, and uh, Christian Kirk versus AJ Brown, Julio Jones, and Chester Rogers. That's what it says on the depth chart. What three is the best in your eyes? Well, can I replace Chester Rogers? Nothing against
3: Chester Rogers. <laughs> I, I <just laughs> who are you going to put? Uh, Re- uh, Reynolds? Who are you putting there? Yeah, I would put Josh Reynolds. Okay. In if I okay. had a triplet per se. Yeah, that's a great question because some of the Cardinals guys, like I mentioned Rondell Moore, he could be a legitimate part of a triplet as we progress through the regular season. Mm. And maybe the Cardinals look like they have one of the most formidable wide receiving cores in the NFL. But for right now, you kind of have to stick with what you know entering week one. We know what A.J. Brown is. You know, he's comparable to uh, DeAndre Hopkins. We both know those guys are stars. You add Julio Jones. Yes, he's a little older. He's coming off of an injury, but he's going to be ready to go. And we know what kind of Hall of Famer player he is. And, you know, going back to Josh Reynolds for a sec, I thought he was somewhat of an underrated addition. He, he was someone who could have gone to the Kansas City Chiefs if he wanted to. He's somebody who every time he was called upon by Sean McVay in that Los Angeles Rams offense, he was able to show up and be the dynamic deep threat that they wanted him to be. So I like his potential in this offense. Maybe he slipped on a little bit because he's not the true number two wideout like Julio Jones is going to be opposite of A.J. Brown. But with this triplet, it comes to the consistency and also going off of what you know. So because of that, entering week one without seeing any regular season ball just yet, I got to lean towards the Tennessee Titans there.
1: Mm. Man, you're seeing a lot of, you know, talk of, you know, vaccinated with the Urban Meyer unvaccinated, you know, players. And and is that part of the process of releasing a player? I think so. Salary, age, and all those things factor in. But do you think, just like an organization – Should they be able to just to release unvaccinated players in the National Football League?
3: Well, that's a loaded question and i'm glad i'm not in charge of making that
2: decision, but,
3: <laughs> but i will say this um you know when we've talked about vaccination and this has to do with any kind of business and also with the nfl there are some exemptions that have to do with religious stances or something along those lines or maybe a medical condition i'm not exactly sure if that was a reason then i think you have to honor that even though it does somewhat put your team at risk but in terms of releasing roster guys because of their vaccination status, here's the thing. I think all of us understand that coaches were indeed talking about vaccination status when it came to those fringe active roster guys when on cut down day. Urban Meyer was just not smart in admitting that publicly and opening him up himself up to an investigation from the NFLPA. So that's a loaded question, man, because I think it definitely does put you at a competitive disadvantage not even getting into the politics of the vaccine or what have you it puts you at a competitive disadvantage because you could be subject to a close contact you could be subject to getting positive, testing positive another vaccination another vaccinated player i should say could test positive it, it's a loaded thing here and when it comes to the protocols just at large in the nfl Uh, I remind everybody to be flexible. And everything that we're operating under right now, it's not set in stone. I think the NFLPA and the league in general is going to be flexible when it comes to these COVID protocols as we progress through the regular season.
1: Well, naturally, the Tennessee Titans have Bud Dupree. But his uh, counterpart on the other side was in Pittsburgh, was T.J. Watt. When his contract gets done, because it will get done, regardless, what will that number look like?
3: Yeah, I wish I was a finance major and with the law. <laughs> I know it's you're like not a, a contract guy, lawyer. but
1: give us ballpark per <laughs> per year. Let's just give you per year.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, according to Pro Football Talk, he's seeking not only to become the NFL's highest-paid defensive player with an AAV or annual annual value of 27 million, but the biggest part in this contract holdup has been guaranteed money reportedly is guaranteed money through this season and also beyond he wants to be up there in the range of guys like joey bosa i think he has the most guaranteed money when it comes to defensive ends or pass rushers 78 million miles garrett has over 43 million guaranteed uh, according to reports, the the numbers that have been floated out there for Watt have not been close to that in terms of guaranteed. I think they're kind of secured in on his AAV exceeding that 27 million. So oh. when he does sign his contract, he is going to become the NFL's highest-paid defensive player in my mind. So that annual value, you know, could be 27.5, it could be 28 million. Um, you know, that'll be something to keep an eye on because I think both sides are going to have to make. Um, decisions when it comes to guaranteed money in those negotiations. That could increase the AAV, that could decrease the AAV. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. But like you said, we know T.J. Watt's going to get this contract. Mm.
1: Besides the Titan game, I know you're looking forward to that.
3: What other game or games are you looking forward
1: to this, this first week, of uh, week one in the NFL?
3: Yeah, great question. So I actually published an article on .com this morning looking at 17 reasons why the 2021 NFL season could be one of the best seasons of all time. And number five on that list was week one blockbusters. I think the NFL really hit the nail on the head with these week one matchups. I mean, Everyone has their eyes tuned into tomorrow night's game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and America's team and the Dallas Cowboys. Whether you love them or hate them, everyone talks about the Cowboys. It's fun to see them fail. For some, it's fun to see them succeed. (laughs) Everyone's going to be talking about that game for literally weeks to come, no doubt about it. Um, But there's so many other ones. that we we got two Alabama quarterbacks facing off with the – Miami Dolphins and New England Patriots, Mac Jones and Mentua. That'll be fun to watch. And one of the more underrated things that, one of, or one of the more underrated matchups, I guess I should say, is actually the Carolina Panthers and the New York Jets. Now, I just got off the radio in Charlotte. We were talking about this matchup. We saw what Ryan Tannehill was capable of when he escaped the grasp of Adam Gates. What if Sam Darnold can do the same with the Carolina Panthers and he gets to start off with his new team against his former team in the New York Jets. That's going to be a really fun game to watch as well.
1: Well, with uh, Jordan DeJani, NFL writer
0: for CBS Sports. Yeah, that Browns and Chiefs blockbuster is not too shabby either, man. And the Bill man. Steelers.
1: I, I'm, I'm both of those Bill two. Steelers I'm an AFC sure. guy since yeah. I was in the AFC my whole life. So, yeah, I kind of watch those games a little bit differently. And I think those are good ones too. Early big matchups at the beginning of the season could impact how things play out at the end of the season based off records and who makes it and who doesn't. And seeding. 17 games later unbelievable um yeah you mentioned that
0: article that you wrote 17 uh reasons why this will be the the best year ever and i wanted to ask you about 15 million uh reasons because the titans restructured julio jones and they went from having like 3 million of salary cap space to um over 15 which puts them 10th in the nfl so a lot of people jordan think okay, is this just for, like, walking around money to sign free agents during the year? Or are they maybe going to do something
1: somewhere? I'll turn with somebody on the team, maybe. Yeah, what do you think? Trade?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, I assumed it was almost walking around money. I didn't understand exactly why it was done. But they aren't the only team that's been restructuring contracts this late in the off season. So I, I would imagine, you know, everything is done with purpose when it comes to this front office. So there's a reason for it. Yeah. Not exactly sure what it is just yet. Maybe they're helping themselves if they have to make a big free agent addition, if if someone goes down with an injury towards the beginning of the season, or maybe it's something that has to do with an extension or guaranteed money starting this year. I, I have no idea, but it's a great question, and it's one that I've been wondering myself. Mm.
0: What do you think happens on Thursday night? i You mentioned the Cowboys. It's funny. We always get all these NFC East games on the TV, even when none of those teams have a winning record, that one of them is still playing in one of the primetime games every week or two of them or more. Are the Cowboys ready to bounce back and play well against literally a Super Bowl team returning every one of its players from last year?
3: Right. No, I don't think they're ready to bounce back just yet, especially with Dak Prescott having to deal with that shoulder weird soreness injury whatever you want to call it throughout the preseason not taking snaps there i'm more worried about that entering tomorrow night than i am with him coming off of his ankle injury i think he's at least up to 90 95 percent with that ankle injury he's still going to try to push plays outside the pocket i'm more interested in seeing if he shows any kind of signs of soreness in that throwing shoulder. That's the most important part of your body when it comes to being a franchise quarterback. But, I mean, you already brought it up. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are bringing back all of their starters. Tom Brady has finally had his first, like, legitimate offseason and training camp and joint practices with his new team. There's, there's reason to believe that this team's going to be even better than they were last year. Remember, they didn't even win the NFC South before going on to win the Super Bowl. So, no, this is a very tough matchup for the Cowboys to start things off. Hey, it's good for the NFL because a lot of people like to joke and laugh at the Cowboys. I don't know if it's going to be a blowout by any means, but I still think there might be a space where the Cowboys can technically go 0-1, but they can at least show their fans and the NFL that they are a team on the rise. Maybe if this turns into a shootout, maybe if Dak Prescott throws three or four touchdowns, maybe if Ezekiel Elliott has a big game and they still lose. That could be somewhat of a moral victory for the Dallas Cowboys. But when it comes to picking a winner, I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a lot. I don't know if I'm going to lay eight points. I like the spread a lot more when it was six and a half. But, yeah, I'll I'll take the Buccaneers' money line, if you will.
0: All right, before I pass you back to Blaine, I have to ask you this. I I looked at your Twitter timeline. You seem to be very much not enjoying a certain fast-food chain's commercials (laughs) that are appearing incessantly during college football games now.
3: What is that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I got to be careful with what I say in case, you know, CBS decides to partner with this company or something like that. But uh yeah, please, if you're putting out a commercial, don't blast it that it's so aggressive in my face every time you go to a commercial uh, on, a, on a commercial break from your football game. It's been stuck in my head when I go to sleep. It's the first thing I hear when I wake up. Uh, It it haunts me. So hopefully we can get that commercial (laughs) to end sometime soon. I
0: would say mission accomplished by Applebee's if you can't stop singing the jingle.
3: Hey, here's the thing, though. I'm not going to be going back to Applebee's. Someone has to take a stand, right? I know I'm not going to affect the industry that is Applebee's. I'm just one man. But someone's got to take a stand somewhere. I remember back in March a couple of years ago, a certain very popular soda brand was putting out uh, an orange version of their Coca-Cola, if you will. (laughs) And their marketing strategy was so aggressive. I said, I will never try that drink because I can't watch a college basketball game without having to to watch this commercial. So I got to take a stand when it comes to me and my consuming habits. Uh,
0: I think you'll be ordering an Oreo riblet hot fudge quesadilla explosion (laughs) salad anytime soon. Uh, Jordan DeJani joins us on Blaine and Mickey.
1: Well, we go from food to, you know, young rookie starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Who do you think, of the first round guys is gonna be the best in their rookie season?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm kind of ruling out Trevor Lawrence because his situation with the Jaguars really concerns me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting even more scared that he might have to play for another team in the future for us to see his full potential. I get that's a blazing hot take. I'm not oh. necessarily ready to oh, put okay. to paper oh. with that. Oh. But at the same time, you know, I'm I'm very interested in Justin Fields because we talk about the Chicago Bears team that made the playoffs last year. Um, They have a good defense. They have a good wide receiving core. I even like the running backs they're working with. Uh, They just need a quarterback to come in and push the tempo, push the ball down the field and find success in that manner. And if Justin Fields is that guy and if he's inserted into the starting lineup come week three, come week four, uh, then the Bears could improve upon themselves and what they were last year. So that would look good for Justin Fields. He's somebody I have an eye on when it comes to rookie quarterbacks. The other obvious one in my mind is, is Trey Lance with the 49ers. This is a legitimate Super Bowl contending team when they're healthy. If Trey Lance uh, takes over under center for Jimmy Garoppolo and he finds that kind of instant success, they could be one of the best teams in the NFC. So Trey Lance and Justin Fields, in my mind, are set up for that elite immediate success.
1: All right, you said it that you're not sure if you want to put Trevor Lawrence on the list uh, based off of the team he's with. So I'm gonna ask you this: It led to me to think real quickly. Is is Urban Meyer cut for the NFL? It's too oh. early. For, well, what was that side, Jordan? Time. What was that side?
3: Like, oh, <laughs> it's it's tough because he's had a bad start to his tenure in Jacksonville, where the PR department, you know, has to be knocking on his door every week. It seems like and. He's making questionable decisions, and, you know, when it comes to a head coach, a first-year head coach, which he is because he was, elite, he was an elite college coach, but the NFL professional level is very different, you have to be more flexible when it comes to learning the process and trying to integrate different principles and techniques into what is your general coaching style. Now, it's Urban Meyer a leader of men who can do that exactly and try to, and try to have a goal in mind? where he can take help from his other assistants who know the industry better and try to push out a successful product. He's a guy who wants to win right now. He's going to be disappointed if the Jaguars have a losing season, but that could be a big win for this franchise if they go 7-10 and 10 and at least can show that they have the true franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. It's about little victories as you try to rebuild this NFL franchise. So, yeah, I have my concerns about Urban Meyer, but, again, it is very early, and we haven't even played a regular season game yet. But I'm sure this is a topic we'll revisit in the coming months.
1: All right, the last question here is kind of a two-fold question about veteran quarterbacks. What do you expect from Big Ben? Uh, like, is he over the hill or is he rejuvenated? As well as is Jameis Winston the answer for uh, Sean Payton's offense?
3: Yeah, it's interesting. NFL, you know, writers or what have you and and uh, fans are seemingly out on the Pittsburgh Steelers this year, which makes me want to be in on the Steelers this year. Yeah. I don't think they can repeat as division champs, but I think they, they could grab a wild card spot. Remember, they reeled off like what was it, like 10, 11, 12 wins. What was it undefeated? And mm-hmm. yeah, before they lost to the Washington football team. The biggest thing when it comes to this team, though, is consistency. And it makes it harder when you, when you throw in an extra regular season game because the Steelers were quite literally crawling to the finish line. Ben Roethlisberger is now a year removed from that shoulder or elbow injury. Um, hopefully he's more healthy than he has been over the last year and a half. So maybe he can find that consistency. It's up to the coaching staff to try to put the workload on Najee Harris, some of these wide receivers. Keep an eye on first-year tight end Pat Fryermuth as well. Um, I'm not out on the Steelers just yet. I think that they'll be a good team and potentially a wild card team. Now, for the Saints, Jameis Winston has kind of a tough road ahead of him in some ways. His wide receiving core is not incredible, especially without Michael Thomas there. But he has a great defense to work off of. He has a great offensive line to protect him. He has one of the best running backs in the game in Alvin Kamara. So I'm interested to see what Jameis Winston is going to be able to do, what he takes this offense by the range and he tries to push the ball downfield to some of these younger targets. The Saints could be a surprise team as well. And honestly, you guys will not have a bigger Jameis Winston fan on your show than I am. I'm boys with Jameis one-on-one on Twitter. You know, his cousins and second cousins are in my DMs. I'm a big Jameis Winston supporter. So uh, I'm very excited to see what he's capable of with Sean Payton.
0: Jordan, great stuff, man. At Jordan Dijani on Twitter, CBS Sports. People can find your work there. Thank you. Including this, uh, all the latest stuff. 17 reasons why this is the best season ever. They need to read all that.
3: Yeah. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Jordan. All right, when we come back, who are the Titans captains? What did Mike Grable say about the right tackle? That's all next. Blaine and Mickey. So the Titans have got captains. We'll get to this in just a minute. They got to find a right tackle. Well, that's Sunday, Sunday at 12 o'clock. Somebody's going to start at right tackle. What did Mike Grable say about that? We'll get to that in just a second. Here are your captains. Kevin Byer, no surprise. Ryan Tannehill, no surprise. Derrick Henry, no surprise. Big Jeff, no surprise. And... The man, when you look at the roster, like how they were acquired and what year. Brett Kern. He has his own section. Brett Kern, because there's like... I knew it had to be. There's Kearn. like four years or five in between him and the what? next guy.
1: 13? Or is this 14?
0: It no. may be 14 at this yeah, point. Yeah, it may be 14, yeah. yeah. Five Titans captains. Yeah. Hey, man, I, I don't care if you're punting it, snapping it, tackling people, catching it, throwing it. If you last as long as Brett Kern in the, in the NFL, you have done something special. Um. And that dude, a team captain... Uh, Bayard, Henry, Tannehill, Big Jeff, and Brett Kern. Oh, I'm about to get
1: you, Mickey. Oh, no. Upon his, this is Brett Kern. Upon his first game of 2021, he will notch his 13th season with a game play with the Titans. It will place him in a tie with Brad Hopkins at 13 seasons for third place in franchise history behind only the legend himself, Bruce Matthews of 19 seasons and Elvin Bethea with 16. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Elvin, but played defense that long.
1: Yeah. 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 That's, that's crazy. And and then Bruce Matthews, <laughs> who
0: you call the living legend, that dude played every
1: position on the offensive line for yeah. that long. Yeah. And B-Hop 13 seasons. So he's tying the third most played seasons in Titans, or of Titan history right there. 13 seasons. And he came here in year two of his
0: career. So he has a full other season in Denver.
1: Oh, so he was—he's—he was going on his fourteenth or fifteenth season. Fourteen as a, as a player. Yeah. Wow, oh, man. I'm just—I'm when I hear that, the first thing comes. I'm like, dang, his pigeon gonna be nice.
0: So <laughs> I- <laughs> well, I don't know how the right tackle's pigeon is gonna be, but here's what Mike Vrabel said today when he was asked about it. who's going to be the right tackle.
4: Well, I mean, I think what we're contemplating is is trying to get and develop, you know, a roster that that we feel confident in in a lineup and you know we we have guys that are very accomplished that have played in this league, have started in this league, have played multiple positions, you know. So, you know, that that's where we're at. We're not, you know, trying to to do anything other than, than get the best guys out there and, and have guys to to be ready to to go in there if they have to for for a lot of different reasons. Well, I mean, I think that as long as guys understand and and again, that's just not something that we know that we're going to do or not going to do. It's just you know, guys that have rotated, and me personally, is that if you, you know, communicate and, and everybody's on the same page, like, hey, this is what we're going to do, this is what we're going to take a look at, you know, I would say that everybody, in my experience, has been on board with it. And I mean, whether they you know, agree with it or not, I think that if we feel like it's best for the football team at, at any position, you know, that's what we would try to do.
0: Yeah, that's a, a lot of talking about this rotation that might or might not happen. He mentioned Ty Brilo and Kendall Lamb both coming back from injury. David Questenberry is the guy whose name they ha- – he didn't mention it there. He's the guy whose name they've mentioned the most.
1: Because he hasn't missed any time, and he just keeps clocking in. And guess what coaches feel? I'm going where my comfort level is and who's been available. And he's been there. Not to say he won't rotate, but I, if I put my money if i was coaching, Quiz is my guy, at least starting the game. What's one of the best – Abilities you can have, Blaine. Always availability. And today, everybody's been available on Wednesday. Hump day. So, Chester night, Rogers. don't we'll have no
0: job. Another guy who was available. We, we'll get into the death chart a little bit tomorrow. Now, he's number one on the death chart at the slot in the return, man. Ooh, availability, people, will be available tomorrow on Thursday. 3HL is available next, right here. On oh,
1: the Blaine and Mickey. And as always. Peace.